Welcome back to Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader, uh, where we tested Julian's intelligence last week, and the results are in. The audience says no. How do you I, feel about I, it, Julian? I said How do you no. feel about these I, results? I, I am not smarter than a fifth grader. I know that for sure. <laughs> but the good thing is, I know that you aren't either. We're in this together. We'll stumble Just, through. Two third yeah. graders out in the Stumbling world. Stumbling through Hexdrinkers After Dark. Oh, yeah. I'm going to do that every time. Oh, every time. But yeah, Hexdrinkers After Dark, of course. You guys already know what it is. There's no introduction needed. Uh, you just know that here we talk about the important topics, uh, such as home projects, Jeff. DIY home projects. Yes. Can't wait to have to deal with how loudly I just clapped into my mic. Uh, yeah, it's going to be rough. We call this the unedited, so we're going to see if the, the audience enjoys what you just yeah, did. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe I just cut that whole part out. But first... You just knocked your camera. I might. Yeah, like no, I, I tried to drink some water. I hit the entire monitor. Technology, uh, but man. first, two very important things before we two things. journey into uh, our realm of home improvement. That is one. If you like this content, support us on Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash hex drinkers. You've it's probably true. already heard the spiel from the normal uh, hex drinkers podcast, but I'm just going to plug it here. And also new, brand new, we have an affiliate link with tcg player uh so tcg player wonderful purveyor of all things cardboard um mm -hmm. but primarily magic the gathering they're a a marketplace so you can buy from a, a multitude of different people really customize what sort of products you want to be getting in terms of uh how played they are um foils alt arts etc you know you guys know the drill this is the 21st century but we now have an affiliate link so if you go to tcgplayer.com slash the hex drinkers slash no hex so, drinkers <laughs> uh, slash i'm just gonna <laughs> nope nope uh so affiliate links unfortunately don't really work like that um click the link in our description to support us on tcg player or navigate to hexdrinkers.com and click any of the beautiful tcg player powered by tcg player buttons uh the link itself is a little bit annoying because it has to deal with url stuff so it's not a, an easy breezy slash the hex drinkers Right, exactly. Just as I said, uh, computers are weird, so just click on the link. I'll put that in the description, mm -hmm. uh, and it will be in basically every description from here until the end of time now. But yeah, <laughs> if you use that link to go purchase your magic cards, uh, which you're going to anyway, let's be real, we all have an addiction here, mm -hmm. uh, that will at least show that you are supporting the uh, the show. So we'll get a little kickback from that. So much appreciated if you choose to buy your cards through that link. Anyway, Chev, you and I did a little thing we uh we, thing. we had we had a little project we did a little little renovation even uh we built a cube we did built a a, a fine cube we did not hey, get to play it as much cube as we wanted it? but that's why we give it to the good people out there that's true Chef, what kind of cube did we build so um as you guys will probably find out soon uh we as the hex drinkers did our second olympic uh event where we did four different styles of Magic the Gathering, and then we had a, a crown prince who we will name in our, our regular podcast. But one of the things that Julian and I tried to come up for it was a PDH cube. That's right. Together, we, we came up with this massive conglomerate of 370 cards. We picked a weird number just because we like being difficult. And around 60 different commanders are, are also involved. And yeah, that's, that's about all there is to it. All right, Jeff. So before, listen, I'm, I, I want to talk specifics with you, but right, I think there's a few things that we should. No, I think there's a few things that we should lay down first, just so people know exactly what we're talking about. Mm. A few definitions. Uh, first off, what is PDH? I'm just kidding. If you don't know what PDH is yet, you clearly have not been listening to our content. Uh, PDH is the popper version of Commander, uh, where you have a uncommon creature as your commander, and all the cards in your 99 are uh, printed at common. Mm -hmm. Or have been printed at common at one point. As we'll see, there are plenty of powerful cards that have been downshifted recently uh, that used to be printed at higher rarities. So PDH, that's self-explanatory. But Cube is a much more uh, impenetrable uh, topic. It's generally something that has been gatekept by a lot of the more entrenched, uh, especially the older players in the community. But it's kind of been coming around, and that's how we got into it. Uh, listening to podcasts and stuff. So, Chev, what, what is a cube exactly? And why is it that it's not just a geometric shape? 
So I'm, I'm going to stumble through this. I did not know as much about cubes going in, so Julian will probably have to step in afterward. But a cube is basically a cultivated environment around maybe the size of a, of a normal set, and then you draft it like any other set. Um, but you have, you know, a, a list of cards, and you're only using a set number of them each time, but it allows you to continuously replay a draft environment um, and kind of take it with you. So you get to... Uh, it, yeah, that's that's all I got. That I mean, take that it away. Yeah, a, a cube, a cube is a is a is a self contained, mm -hmm. replicable draft environment. And it's totally Beautiful. customizable. So obviously, we're going to talk about how we did it. But um, there's something I think in terms of like the number of cards that m math or something yeah. makes it a quote unquote cube. Um, but generally, you'll find them like. Small ones, 180, 360, uh, and 540, I think, are like kind of sort of where they're supposed to line up. Yeah. Just because that is, uh, I think if you have 360, you have eight people, that which is a traditional draft pod. Everyone has 15 cards in a pack, three packs. That goes to 180 cards or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, no, wait, that's not right. For 45 times eight... That would be 360. So if you had eight people, 15 cards in a pack, everyone has three packs, you're using an entire 360 cards. So every card will be in play for that draft. Um, if you do more cards, like a 540 or a 720 or something, then obviously not every card is going to be in play. And there are merits to these things. Mm -hmm. um, there are now, I would say, probably like three reasonable podcasts that talk about Cube. Um, I can link them below. Um, so listen to those if you want more of these specifics. But that's basically what a cube is. It's, it's a way to continually draft, uh, and it's something that you have customized to your liking and hopefully the rest of your playgroup's liking. Hopefully it's not a mono stacks cube or something that you're like, oh boy, I really love this, but no one wants to play it. Um, so we obviously like Commander, and we have been... The apartment next to me just got a dog. It's like a baby dog, and it's Aww. just been yipping Aww. all day. And like, it's super cute, but also eventually, after so many yips, I just—it's not. I cute feel anymore. like I'm here. I'm, I feel like I'm hearing things. Mm -hmm. You know, especially because I have my headphones on, so I'm like, could be. I could just dog. barely. I could just. Have barely you seen? Hear have you seen the dog, or have you just heard its cute yips? No, but its person, its it's its person, its, person. its owner, <laughs> its its owner slipped a note under our door. That said, hey, sorry about this dog. Um, here's a ten dollar Starbucks gift card, uh, which was cool. Anyway, <laughs> we made a uh, a PDH cube because we like playing Commander, and we have been getting much more into Popper. Obviously, we've talked mm -hmm. about it on the podcast. We will probably talk about it in the future on this cast as well. Um, but yeah, it's just a. It, I feel like it's more. It's closer to a draft environment that we would play. You know, if yeah. I drafted a bunch of Midnight Hunt, this is going to be much closer to that than Vintage Cube, which is right, kind of like the the default standard for cubes. And um, I think it's, I, it's on, yeah. I think two important things here too are from some of our experience with PDH. I know you and I have really sunk our teeth into it a little bit more than the rest of the gang. Um, but sometimes PDH decks, they have, there's a lot of powerful cards at common. Um, but not enough to fill four 100-card decks when you're playing in a pod most of the time. Uh, and so one of the things I was kind of looking at this too is when uh, you're, you're drafting these these decks that I think we're going to have, you know, 45-card piles, and we picked the best cards of PDH that we could to make this cube work. So there's a lot less cards that are just, you know, big beaters or a single-card draw spell. It's all the best cards in there, so you get to feel those powerful PDH moments in every single game as opposed to like the variance that PDH can kind of hit a little bit more frequently. And given the success that we saw with uh, drafting commander legends last year, we thought that we did a little research on commander cubes in general and wanted to provide an environment that was again, as Julian said, you know, more similar to a format that we enjoy playing. That's true. And also that kind of it uh, remedies part of what can get bogged down about, 
traditional draft to just you know mm-hmm. boosted standard draft is that there are less and less so nowadays but there are also just cards that are not good yeah. you know like your four four for four we were just like well we don't have to have those if we don't want we can trade that up for something cool or something efficient or whatever um so once again the the moldable nature of cube is uh, very sick also considering we did actually create this in the physical because mm-hmm. we were we were hoping to play it over the holidays um going with the pdh cube definitely helped on the wallets oh it would yeah have been, it would have been rough to try and go through and get legitimate eternal format uh, commander staples mm-hmm. um for 300 uh what did we say 70 cards or something right we and, and our the cube, numbers, we, we pretend to be fancy for 370 cards we just did math wrong somewhere we were planning to make a 360 card cube and then i i pulled out it all like last week and found out we did 370 or at least i don't know did you think we were doing 370 i didn't i so so here let's start talking about how we actually created <laughs> this because I, I i i know how we got to 370 but it wasn't on purpose <laughs> We we decided we wanted to do a 360. One, because procuring 540 cards, right. even if they're all commons, uh, that will add up. And it's also just hard, right? Yeah. We, were try- we were coordinating this from opposite sides of the country. Um, and we needed to eventually get all of said cards back home where all four of us would be convening for the holidays. So we... Uh, one of the first things that we did was we made a package of land and uh, artifact ramp slash fixing cards. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was because we wanted to make it so that basically every we wanted every two color pair and every three color pair to be viable, um, right? And we wanted people to basically always be able to play what they need. And we didn't really put that much land ramp in, just because land ramp is kind of busted right it's it's only Especially, going to help one color and we also focused so, on yeah. on ramp and lands that could benefit as many different colors as possible right so we did the the thriving lands from jumpstart that are are super awesome with a set like this we did all the lands that kind of come down and choose a different color uh, so you can get them to work in those multicolor environments all the panoramas um, and then a lot of the tap for any color mana as well yes we have like the bounce lands too. We have um, things like uh, like evolving wilds, terramorphic expands. So we have those, and then we have um, a lot of uh, ramp like. I just noticed that we have a a duplicate in our Moxfield thing. Um, two duplicates. Slander. Huh. Weird. All right. Well. Uh, yeah, and you know, and then we have plenty of things like the diamonds, Felwar stone. Um, some of the mirrors that tap for mana too. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that was like kind of our, our baseline and that we decided was going to be 60 cards, sort of (laughs) theoretically it's supposed to be 60 cards. Uh, And then we wanted to break the rest of the cube down into uh, theme cards. So what are the archetypes that we're going to be supporting uh, across? um... Also, I apologize to people who don't draft at all because a lot of this theory is based in, draft which is something that chev and i do at least semi-regularly so if you don't i will try and be as concise but also as uh um explanatory as possible yeah so yeah we should probably put that disclaimer normally we talk about edh this has a lot of edh this has a bit of pdh but it's also going to be a lot of drafting yes so in your typical draft environment there are a certain number of archetypes that are supported generally this is every two color pair is supported uh when you get to things like ikoria or cons sometimes it gets down to three um something like throne of eldraine actually had support for monocolor decks it kind of depends but the general cons- the, the general standard is 10 two color pairs you know the guilds from ravnica so mm-hmm. we decided okay we're gonna have 10 two color pairs um that's 2.5 themes per person basically so you know even if someone stumbles, uh, you know, or isn't exactly that experienced in draft, they might find it. But so then we said, all right, we want 20 cards for each of those 10 pairs to kind of round out a theme. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's another 200 cards. So that's a total of 260 cards. And then we were going to add some more cards that were just what we considered quote unquote staples. So uh, a card like murder, one black, black destroy target creature. 
Uh, that doesn't exactly fit any theme. That is just right. a card that if you were a black deck, you would like to have. Um, so we did some math and we got those to an additional 100, which would give us a total of 360. Now, somewhere in there, uh, I think somebody didn't count right. And then I wanted to, I think Chev didn't count right on one of the categories. And then I was like, well, I want Chev, I don't want to take away all of Chev's pet cards, but I want to add in some of my own. So we ended up with 366. Uh, 366, basically just an additional colorless card in the uh, staples category and an additional. I think some of our ramp. I think we had more ramp than we expected. Like maybe two or three more pieces. Because I think we were planning for 50 and we're at 59. Or maybe 55. There were, there were some mis- miscalculations in here, but... All right, now now I'm just super confused because I thought we had more than the allotted amount, but I'm looking at what was supposed to be our numbers breakdown, and there's supposed to be 60, so technically we're one short, <laughs> but then I don't know. Um, anyway, so that's that's how we that's how we roughly decided to break it down. Uh, you know, a certain amount of cards for each um, archetype, and then a certain amount of cards that are just these cards will be, uh, you will take these cards. And then we wanted to have plenty of land and artifact fixing just so that basically it would be really hard to get screwed in color. Right. Chev, now, before we go into the the real contents of the cube, this is a, a PDH cube. Mm-hmm. So there are commanders that we're dealing with. How did we decide to treat uh, deck size and the commanders in general? So, uh, for anyone who drafted Commander Legends, um, which is probably the you know only Commander draft environment that a lot of people have played, uh, the the approach of that was twenty card packs, um, and Commander each pack would have at least one legendary creature in it that you could choose as your Commander, and then you draft the Commanders along with the the rest of the cards. So, what we thought of doing instead um, is. For, for PDH, where you don't have as many different options for commanders or a, a larger breadth, we decided that instead we would have the commanders drafted outside of the rest of the draft. So you have the, the 366 cards um, that you're kind of, you're figuring out what's open, you're, you're building your deck, and then you'd go ahead and look at the roughly 60 commanders we kind of laid out outside of that. Um, we went about starting with three commanders for each two color color pair. Um, and we, we didn't necessarily take the best commander for each of these, like for certain strategies, especially when you have a much smaller pool, there is probably a best solution. So we did our best to offer three different takes that were all somewhat interesting, um, but not completely, uh, broken. So for example, in Demir, uh, we chose blade stitch scab, the new midnight hunt zombie, uh, that gives zombies you control plus one plus oh over i think diagraph captain um which is you know gives all zombies plus one plus one um and so then yeah. it kind of offers more more options and no necessarily best solution uh outside of that we decided we wanted to do um two for every three color combo as well for the people that are feeling a little more um a little more uh risky or think that they can get a three-color strategy, and that's what a lot of our, our ramp and lands were kind of helpful for. And then for fun, we threw in two five-colors um, with five-color activated abilities as opposed to, you know, five-color casting costs. And then five familiars the from Commander Legends that all have seen some play, especially at the, the PDH level, and are all relatively interesting. So we thought we'd throw those in as well. Yep. We added some of the uh, partner partner and partner right right we we did do some of that well just to mix it up Mm -hmm. um yeah so we we basically just wanted enough that people once again people could play pretty much any color combo that they want because i could certainly foresee two people trying to move into a color combo and either if we only had one or if 
you had to draft these like in right. Commander Legends where I actually multiple people in the two drafts that we did just barely got like commanders to be able to actually play there. Yeah. You know, cause b- the way that the, uh, the uh, color identity rule works is that it, it can be very limiting if, you know, so rather than not being able to play your random slightly off color signet or whatever, just get a three color commander or do whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we got some pretty. I think I think we got some pretty spicy picks. Like you were saying, there were there were a lot of options for some things, and then not that many options for other things. <laughs> but uh, specifically the three color ones, those were rough. Yeah. But um, but uh, I think we we picked some of the uh, coolest and not necessarily most broken um, options. Do we want to go through a couple of them? Just kind of talk about some yes. of our, our favorite commanders from the from the commander pool. Yeah, well, I'm you know I'm gonna go first just because uh, I love Flesh Taker. Uh, mm-hmm. Spoiler for later on, but I was mostly in charge of the Orzov, uh, the uh, <laughs> Orzov uh, archetype picking cards, and uh, Flesh Taker is just a sick card. Another Midnight Hunt card. Uh, I will say that looking back, I'm wondering how much me playing a lot of midnight hunt consuming a lot of midnight hunt comment content and just loving that format uh kind of pushed its way into this construction but uh flesh taker as a a sacrifice outlet and payoff is is sick on my end do you have a one that you want to talk about chef yeah so so one of the things that i was really interested for um is i i did the the boros um archetype and at this level, didn't really want to do something super aggressive, so fell back to tried and true auras and equipments. Um, but that really struck home with me because one of my first sort of low-powered decks um, was a Valduck Keeper of the Flame Brawl deck back from uh, 2018 when the format was first introduced. And where I was at the time had a local game store that if you were a student, you could go in and get up to 100 draft chaff cards from their collection for free each day so naturally that's how you know we built our decks and so it was an equipment build uh for those of you who don't know valda keeper of the flame beginning of combat create three one elementals equal to the number of auras and equipments attached to it so i really like that sort of you know playing with auras and equipments and then those low powered stuff that i could really get to work so one of my favorites for this was uh brunor Battlehammer from uh, afr each creature you control oh, yeah. gets plus two plus oh for each equipment attached to it. And you may pay zero rather than pay the equip cost uh, for the first thing you activate each turn. So a bit different, but you're still trying to make like a really large creature and kind of swing. Um, and then as a kind of example to show like, yes, this is one archetype uh, for the color scheme, but you can take it in a different direction depending on the cards or how you're feeling. The other Boros one we went with is Cole the Forge Master from Kaldheim which is, you know, whenever another non-token creature you control dies, if it was enchanted or equipped, return it to its owner's hand, and creature tokens that are equipped or enchanted get plus one, plus one. So a different sort of take on the same archetype. So that was honestly one of my my favorite ones to put together. Uh, but also just trying to bring more uh, interesting commanders to light or that have clear, better versions, because I really like taking something that was a step back and because I felt that would play more with this lower-level... Um, you know, cards in general. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. I think another thing that was, uh, something we kind of tried to do was have commanders that could overlap between color pairs, Mm -hmm. um, or, or, uh, basically things that you might do it in one color pair, but it's also sort of a sub theme in another one. I'm looking Specifically, at I see Shapers of Nature, which is a super cool, cool card. Basically, cares about putting uh, counters on and taking them off from creatures. Um, but then you also have uh, where's the other one I just saw? Uh, Chronicler of Heroes, which draws cards whenever you um, or if you control creatures that have plus one plus one counters. Mm-hmm. So you're doing things in you're doing similar things in Selesnia and in um, Simic. So depending on whether you want to lean blue or lean white, 
you still have that kind of green base. You're going to be taking those green cards. And if you want to take a Bant commander, uh, then you have, you know, kind of the entire range of cards when you're drafting. Yeah. Yeah, because then it means it's kind of supported in the cards underneath. Uh, I, I really like the overlap, too, between Golgari and I think Ortsov because they both have, you know, obviously sacrifice synergies and things. Um, but I think my, my favorite three-color commander is the Scarland Thrynax. Uh, Three-mana, two-two, and Jund. Sacrifice a creature, put a 1-1 one, one counter on Scarland Thrynax. And so we have the, the green overlap from Simic and um, Selesnya that is going to have plus one, plus one synergies, things like Fertilid, that sort of stuff. And then you've got this creature that can kind of put everything together and get the sacrifice triggers from black cards and uh, green cards. Yeah, exactly. I I realize that we probably now should talk a little bit about the the themes that we built in because yeah. we we did this on purpose. We uh we gave every two color pair uh, basically two ish themes. Some mm-hmm. were a little bit harder to fully flesh out than others, but we wanted them to each have two-ish, two-ish ways that you could take them, and some <clears throat> were overlapping. So, like I said, Selesnia, one of Selesnia's themes is 1-1 one, one counters, and then same thing with Simic. Simic also has a 1-1 a one, one counters theme, but it's not as pronounced. Right. But it's still possible, obviously. But Selesnia's other theme, Tokens, uh, is shared with Orzov's theme uh, of tokens. So like I was saying, Flesh Taker wants to be sacrificing things. So a great way to make all of those is to have a token deck. So you're getting all those, uh, you, you know, you you can either take all those white cards from Selesnia, or if you just want to go straight uh, tokens, you can do Selesnia as opposed to Orzov. So Chev, what are some of the other uh, theme decisions that we made? Uh, so of course... Um, pairing right off Orso of Rakdos is uh, going to be sacrificing a similar number of things. I think we went with the sort of the most recent imagining of Rakdos with uh, the, what was it? Oh, one of the, the most recent Ravnica sets, but kind of that sort mm. of sacrifice things and kill other ones. Um, things like Mayhem Devil triggers. Uh, so we've got the sacrifice theme there. Um, another one that I really like is the Boros aggro and artifacts with those equipment things we were talking about and how that pairs with the is it spells matter and artifacts um especially thinking of things like the commander for is it that we picked out as i try to learn my alphabet so i can find the correct category for it and keep talking until my mouse settles on the right one it's the um maelstrom muse four mana two four from strixhaven uh, whenever Maelstrom Muse attacks, the next instant of sorcery spell you cast this turn costs X less, where X is equal to Maelstrom Muse's power as the ability resolves, um, which I think is a really cool way to kind of bring in those equipments and stuff to power up Maelstrom Muse um, for some sort of like epic spell later in the turn. That's actually pretty sick, considering I did not even know that that synergy was in the cube. <laughs> there's a few mo- recently. There's been a few good is it commanders at uncommon that are you know spells cost less equal to power, and it really makes an interesting sort of Jeskai family of artifacts doing things other than making creatures just bigger for swinging. That I think is really cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Um. We, we have some some interesting things like that. We also have some ones that are kind of not as exciting. Right. It's still still fun decks to play, but uh, Azorius uh, being the Flyers, uh, generic Flyers slash <laughs> Blink is, uh, is not going to be new to anyone who has, has drafted literally in the last 10 years. But I do um, think, I think I mean, we tried to do something cool there where the Blink cards, I mean, everyone knows the Blink cards, but especially with the benefit of Ikoria happening recently, cards that specifically care about flyers, right? Like this isn't just flying synergy because they're small evasive creatures. This is cards that bounce stuff if you have creatures with flying or draw extra cards if you have creatures with flying and things like that that make it a much more fleshed out feeling than I think it would have been a year ago. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, it is It is truly quote-unquote flying tribal, really. <laughs> you, you know, even your spells have flying tribal. Um, but yeah, there's some good stuff there. Um, Demir is zombies and 
control things. Definitely not influenced by the Innistrad sets, we promise. (laughs) This was, yeah. Uh, Like we said, Rakdos is sacrifice and also just black-red things. Because I just wanted to include a lot of black-red kill spells. And I was like... like, What actually is Rakdos' identity outside of chaos and murder and mayhem? It's, well, it's like... Rakdos is either, hey, we're doing like this cool concerted sacrifice thing, which mm-hmm. they've done in a few sets recently, um, and it's been pretty cool. Uh, but unless you want to do like it's just black red goblins or it's like black red vampires, we, we, we decided not to do a tribal thing. Yeah. Um, just because I feel like those are really hard to kind of. They're hard to get right. The most times you've seen problems with draft environments have been the tribal aspects like Ixalan and and other ones where it was kind of like harder because you get get set in a way. Yeah. And you you need critical mass. And like sometimes Mm -hmm. you just won't open critical mass, you know, or someone else will try. Like when (laughs) when uh, in in Commander Legends, when Eric and I sat next to each other, we both tried to force pirates. Yeah. We're we're trying to avoid those situations. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That was that was that was messy. But, um, yeah, so that's Rakdos. Uh, Gruul was uh, caring about, uh, like, size and power. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also just, like, this is the most we would like to play mid-range thank you. Like, this is, I think, the most Eric uh, yeah. category of cards that we had. Because it's just, just like seven mana, you know, six sixes that cascade. <laughs> you know, it's just stupid shit like that. Yeah. The commander pool, I really like the Gruel Commander Pool. We did the Elena and uh Halana set from Commander Legends, uh, the two of them since yes. they care about size of creature and creatures entering. And we also did Targnar, Demon Fang, Knoll, uh, which of course gets to double the power and toughness each turn for something truly massive. And then Leafkin Avenger. Dude, Leafkin Avenger is my favorite one. It's it's great get a also because like it's it has the ability to be broken but it takes a while to get there so so much so that it probably is not actually considered broken i just like the idea of i i get worried when i see add a green for each creature you control with power four or greater but then i forget that we're only dealing with commons (laughs) but there's not really any board wipes so (laughs) they can the thing is slowly pile up like what are you gonna do when Leafkin Avenger like taps for a meaningful amount of mana, if you're like, oh, I'm tapping for four, it's like you have four four fours. Just attack someone. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> But but he has that activated ability, seven in a red. Yeah. He deals damage equal to its power. So if it gets bigger by any chance. Get some of those equipments. I think there's too well. many strategies that have cared about the power of the creature now. I'm worried we didn't put in enough equipments. Maybe. Well, that's the beautiful thing, is that once we test this, or or Here's a beautiful idea. I am going to put our our list and stuff. Uh, Moxfield just added uh, a a feature where you can basically just put like a cube in a, a pool mm-hmm. of cards. I, I don't know if they've fully flushed it out to be a officially a cube yet, but um, I will put the links to our stuff. Um, if people want to uh, play test these either physically or virtually, uh, let us know how it goes. Let us know what how things went and uh, yeah what sort of change you might want to make because we are definitely going to be tweaking this as we go, as mm-hmm. we get to play it. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously the, the more minds that we have contributing to the, to the brain trust of yeah. the hex drinkers cube, uh, the better we can kind of hammer this out quickly. I know that, uh, untap has a feature for putting in cubes, uh, through import. We weren't quite able to make it work. So if someone knows how to do that, greatly appreciated. And we were, we're trying out, uh, mtgcubeforge.com. It's a recent project. Um, we'll, we'll do a little more research into uh, the people behind it, but it seems like it has a lot of potential for putting in a whole cube in a nice, clean new interface and has an easy way to kind of drum up sample packs. There are there seem to be a few issues with the, the import right now. Uh, it's reading our cube as 339 cards as opposed to around 366. So there's a few missing from there uh, that we're still trying to sort out. But overall, it's a, a great tool that continues to get better. That's for sure. All right, Jeff, let's finish talking about these. Uh, these yeah, let's finish uh, strong. That let's talk did. about our. Let's talk about our cool shit. Um, Selesnya, we already talked about mm-hmm. counters and also tokens, uh, which feeds nicely into Orzov, which is 
tokens because there's a lot of that uh, yep. overlap and also sacrifice because we want to be making tokens to sacrifice for Orzhov. Selesnya just wants tokens so that you can attack with them. Is it? You already said. Spells matters. Artifacts. Gokari. And Boris, of course. Boris, of course, also uh, artifacts and just uh, attacking and mm -hmm. doing things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Golgari was another one of those ones where it's... I just feel like Golgari... Golgari in, like, every set has just been like, hey, either we're going to do, like, a lot of weird graveyard things... Yeah. Or we're just going to be mid-range. We're just going to be, like, black, green, these are cards that you'll play. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think our Golgari hits both. We've got, you know, we've got some graveyard stuff like uh, Grapple with the Past, like uh, Voracious Typhon, um, you know, like uh, Rot Feaster Maggot. <laughs> but uh, we also just have Bitterbow Sharpshooters, which is a five mana four four with Vigilance and Reach. Gotta love and it. And there's just something really satisfying about playing good creatures like that, you yeah. know, especially in Popper. Like, you can't beat a four four with Vigilance and Reach. <laughs> Hell no. And I think we, we really did our best to kind of show the breadth of what Golgari has been doing recently um, with our collection of commanders. We have some uh, the, the more aggressive savvy hunter creating foods and then with a sacrifice to draw a card that kind of leans into the sacrifice synergies of uh, black so you can get some of those Orso stuff. Or my personal favorite and the one that I, when we play this, I will probably force. 100% going in, I want it. And that's Rot Widow Pack from Modern Horizons. Oh, yeah. My uh, four mana, two, four with reach. But five mana, exile a creature card from your graveyard. Create a one, two green spider creature token with a reach. And then each opponent loses one life for each spider you control. That just sounds like so much fun and like a really meaty ability at this power level. Like a lot of these are going to be an ETB or something else. And recently we've seen a lot more uncommon legends with stuff going on. But this has like a grindy sort of fun feel to it. Um, actually kind of similar to the, the Simic other spider commander we have in here, uh, Vile Spawn Spider from recent Vow, uh, four mana tap it, sack it, create a one, one green insect creature token for each creature card in your graveyard. So it's kind of like a, a one hit, but you can bring it back again. Um, but really just trying to do fun, interesting things that have the ability to get large and scary. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Simic, Simic, we did some graveyard stuff too. I was... I really was trying. I was like, Simic cannot be just like the generic <laughs> trash that has been like trash in, in like the, it just stopped being so good. Like everyone hates it. Yeah. No um, Gretchen. So no, I, no one who just puts lands onto the battlefield and draws cards. We, we did our best to kind of make it interesting. Yeah. So, so Simic, Simic has a bit of an overlap with Golgari in that it's trying to do graveyard stuff, but it's more trying to do like, um, like loopy sort of things. Yeah. Like, uh, not loopy as in crazy, but loopy as in like, you know, looping things. So there's um things like Shadow Beast Sighting and things like uh um Una's logic or sorry, Una's Grace. There's circular logic in there too. I uh but you know, just more kind of value y yeah. uh, graveyard things. Um so and then Simic also has some some one one counter stuff in it. But yeah, there's some nice overlap between Golgari and Simic, and you can then of course, if you get the nut draw, you can get like the Sultai Soothsayer, which right. when it enters, you uh, bin the top four and get one and uh, stuff like that. So there's some cool things in there um, that uh, I'm when I when I play this, I might try and force something like a like a Golgari Simic, probably probably a Sultai sort of a hybrid. <laughs> so we'll see. But but I'm but I'm excited on that. So that's what we did for our themes and we kind of talked about, you know, some of the cards in there. Um, but other than that, that's pretty much the cube. Mm -hmm. Chev, was there any uh, specific cards that you want? You know, anything that you were like, wow, I'm excited that I get to put this in the cube. Or I'm excited when I get to open this up. <laughs> so I think for me, a lot of the the, the two things I want to talk about um, is just, just again, uh, bringing up like how we really tried to make the commander pool interesting and not... Uh, the broken ones or the ones that have been popping up more recently in meta. And granted, some of our experience, we, we came into PDH really through through CPDH and, and seeing what the, the tryhards have been doing. And that is an amazing format. And if, if CPDH is kind of like the one end, this is very much trying to be 
the very interesting sort of casual end. Like, there's still very powerful strategies in here, but it's a lot of as much as we could stretch the format as possible. Um, so that made me really excited to kind of find these commanders that were maybe slightly less powerful than other ones in the color pair, but do something in a more interesting way. Like um, the the is it one with the power uh, that makes spells cost less. So that was that was the first thing that really interested me. And then the, the second one is probably trying to um, find as many ways to allow multiple strategies to benefit from the same card. Like we talked about that overlap but when you actually find a card that can kind of run the gambit, like the the cycling, the land cycling creatures, uh, those are in here to kind of give you more abilities in different colors and thinking like, oh, that's super cool. Or even something like Helium Squirter, which <laughs> graft three, pay one, um, target creature with a 1-1 one, one counter gets flying and it's blue. And so you get those kind of overlap. And just doing whatever you can to kind of like build these synergies. And even if they're never fully appreciated or never fully like, uh, brought to the forefront it's super fun to sort of lay those lines in the set and that is probably like the designing and the intricacies of it i, I found like really satisfying 100 percent agree two two cards that i want to talk about are those cards where it's like this is a thing but it's also could do this thing it also could do mm, this thing mm-hmm. um eyes in the skies is is a card that uh just makes uh it makes a one one bird and then it populates oh um, Actually, let me let me just make sure that that's actually what the card <laughs> does. Uh, uh, do, 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 do. Eyes in the skies. Why is this yeah. not? Create a 1-1 one, one white bird yes. creature token with flying, then populate. Four mana instant. Yes. Um. So that I had, I put that under the uh, flyers section just because it makes two birds, right? But you also could take that as a Orzhov card because it makes two tokens that you want to sacrifice. But you mm-hmm. also could take it as a Celestia card because once again, it makes two tokens and it populates. So theoretically, if you had a better token, you can make a copy of that. Right. So cards like that, where it's like you go on its surface to the next level, to the next level of like what you could take it for. I love those or something like a bone shards that's on its, on its surface. This is just a destroy spell, right? One black, uh, either discard a card or sacrifice a creature. And then it destroys target creature. But like we said, if you're doing sacrifice things and maybe Rakdos or Orzov, you want to sacrifice a creature. Or maybe you want to be discarding cards because you have ways to uh, recur them in your uh, Golgari or Sultai or even uh, Demir deck. You know, so there's a lot of ways to kind of leverage that across yeah. all of the different things. So yeah, like you said, see- seeding those things and kind of being like, oh, here's all the different ways that it could play. And here's all the different ways that depending on your seat, you could view this card. That was definitely a lot of the fun for me. I think. uh, And then, of course, sorry, I was going to say. And then after after choosing all those cards, because we did all that, Mm -hmm. we we picked all the base cards for the cube first. And then we kind of tried to overlay the commanders on top. And another fun puzzle was what commanders can we now put in that will, you know, feed different niches without, like you said, being the like we didn't put tatiova in here because blah you know (laughs) yeah especially when you're something like this like draft has the ability to kind of put some people at a real disadvantage we don't want to add something that can kind of make the gap even wider um i i think i've I've rediscovered something i put in here and i'm i'm so excited i did so this is this is the hex drinkers that made this cube right there's going to be some weird shit one of which regicide when julian was the last time that you played regicide if you give me if you give me any answer you are incorrect because it is a card from um the conspiracy sets that cares about drafting like it has it's one mana instant in black reveal regicide as you drafted the player to your right chooses a color you choose another color then the player to your left chooses a third color Destroy target creature that's one or more of the colors chosen as you drafted cards named Regicide. That is a super cool card and gets to play off of an effect that you don't normally get to play with. And I think I put in four or five cards from the conspiracy sets that care about when they're being drafted, uh, where they were relevant, because that is something that, you know, from these sets was a super cool, impactful thing, but then the cards don't get to be used for anything else. And this is the perfect place to play with those abilities. In my opinion, which is the correct one. 100%. 
on that it's a cool thing not that your opinion is always the, the right one <laughs> so we did some of those we didn't play with the actual conspiracies um because that might be a little bit too much but like a little bit of flavor where you pull one of these and then you have to kind of talk to the people around you i thought would be pretty fun yeah yeah there's some spicy picks in here like the fact that some of our commanders aren't uh uncommon because this is true this is our, all due to our keeping when we do what we want <laughs> yeah well so there's only one like there's only like one maybe two uh tricolor options for a lot of the mm-hmm. the tricolors um and i at least wanted there to be multiple options for each one for for every color yeah possibility basically so you know you're trying to tell me that you don't want rocket disciple in the cube <laughs> like this I think- is a one mana one one for red but it's got white in the tap. Prevent the next one damage. That would be Delta Target Creature or player this turn. And also blue in tap. Target Creature gains flying until end of turn. It's a common, but like that's still. I think what we basically came down card to that you could play as a commander. It's like I think Allied Cycles had two that would technically work, but Enemy Cycles only ever had one. And so then we had to dig into like I think maybe Sultai had two actual uncommons, but then we dug into this cycle of. Uh, common three color enemies from cons which was fun because a lot of these uh, enemy colored three colors are coming from cons of Tarkir block so that was kind of cool for us to to touch back with those roots of when we started the game to play uh, Mardu Rough Rider and Pony Brack Brigade uh, or something oh, like the sure. Armament Corps that takes the 1-1 counters from Selesnia and adds in that sort of uh, zhuzh once you have a token army All right. I'm not going to lie I if I'm not doing the the stupid Sultai graveyard stuff, I'm playing Ponyback Brigade because when it when it enters or is morphed, uh, you get three one one red goblins plus it's a two two. That's four bodies. I'm either playing like all of the sacrifice Rakdos and Orzov, <laughs> or I'm playing like super aggro and I just mm-hmm. want a million bodies, maybe with some some equipment. That's I, yeah. Yeah, pony. I remember. I remember that I put that card in there for a reason, and now I'm remembering that it's so that I can do stupid stuff because this gives you four bodies for six mana. We do enjoy doing stupid stuff, even though it's a common. Exactly. Speaking of which, this this card probably should get played in 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 PDH more. You're not CPDH, but PDH play some pony bracker gates. I think it's just difficult because the only commander you can play it with is Mardu Rough Rider. <laughs> or I guess you have the five colors in there. Oh shit, you're right. Well, um, yeah, the, yeah, the, the five colors. Which we put, we put the uh, the two ones from like Alara that are like yeah, conflux. a single color. Oh, yeah, whatever Alara block, but um, it's like a single color creature. But then you like pay, uh, Wooberg, and it mm-hmm. like turns into like. Where's the one? So yeah, I, I mean, like we could have done one that cost each color, but I feel I like think the, there is the, one. The Golos problem. Um, doesn't really exist at this level, especially because the uncommons are incredibly underpowered. Uh, I really enjoyed Fleshformer, which is the three mana two two in black. But Wooberg gets plus two plus two and gains fear. Target creature gets minus two minus two until end of turn. And I'm just like, that that's pretty cool, and that's fun. And since all these other strategies kind of feed into it, you can play it even at the head of like a three color deck. Yeah, or or. This is for when I'm saying all these things like we're going to draft this cube like a million times. And I know we aren't going to just because we physically won't be able to. But I want to I want to make like the sick Paragon in the Amisha deck. Mm. Uh, this is a three mana two two with first strike, but it's in white. And then Wooberg, it gets uh, plus three plus three plus three plus three flying and lifelink and becomes an angel. That's and I just want to go for like the Voltron kill Ooh. with this like plus some equipment and then just like play like just some good cards just to round the deck out. Mm-hmm. Just get all the fixing, like take every like artifact, you know, piece that I can. Very true. That would be a sick, that'd be a sick little, uh, little pickup. I think that about covers most of what we want to talk about. Is there anything, anything else you want to bring up or bring attention to? Um, I think the only other thing is just, when we constructed this, Chev and I, obviously, we figured out our list, and then we both uh, went through our... Luckily, we both have our collections yeah. cataloged, so <laughs> we were able to do that. But I, I think the biggest thing is if you are going to make a cube like this, 
and it's going to be, I don't know, this is sort of a communal cube. I mean, obviously, I think Chev is in possession of all the cards right now, but when we were putting this together, I looked through and I was like, okay, I have these, you know, a lot of this is right. quote unquote draft chaff because it's commons and stuff. So we kind of like pooled our cards like that. I think if you're looking to do something like this, um, that's definitely a great way to do that, especially just because people in, in like a PDH cube or something, people have chaff that they'll just yeah. give away. You know, you can easily probably get a third of the cards just for free. Right. Our, so. our entire cube comes out sub a hundred at $97, according to Moxfield. Um, not only did we get like half of them from chaff, which also it hits those feels where you're like, this was either fun in draft or looked cool and I don't have a home for it. And now it like actually has a purpose. And that I think is, is super interesting, uh, as well, because like, as you get more into magic, you might look a little less at the commons and stuff in your collection. So you get to use those. And I think our final purchase price was only like $40 from card kingdom when it came down to it to, to fill out a whole 360 card cube plus 60 commanders. Yeah, seriously. This is also, once again, if you have been playing for a bit, you're just going to have a lot of these cards mm-hmm. randomly. You know? So, or cards we only had to with. Yeah. We had to buy maybe a third of the cube, but I think two thirds of it between the two of us we had already just mm-hmm. as cards. So, um, I think, yeah, I think that's, I mean, we talked about kind of the, the the math the logistics behind that which we managed to mess up mm-hmm. but what a surprise what's a surprise neither of us are, are math majors uh we talked about kind of like the the construction of the themes and stuff i guess really the only thing we didn't discuss was the staples but like you don't need us to tell you that you should play journey to nowhere and mm-hmm. archaeomancer and murder and yeah you, know. you either you either trust us that we put in the staples which we did because we're awesome or you don't know what the staples are and you'll find out very quickly that they're awesome yeah lightning bolt it was it's a common <laughs> it's a common card it's a common card <laughs> all right yeah I, I think that uh i think that takes us out um i guess the only other thing would be you know this was something a little different for us we put this together we'll obviously put out all the links for the cube, the commanders, our thought process behind it. If this is kind of content you want to hear more of outside of our normal sort of EDH uh, takes and things, let us know. Hex Drinkers, after dinner, it's time to go to bed.